Sports with a Z and a T. My name is Bryce Zelensky, alongside Tara Lattimore. As always, we are presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs, Johnstone Supply in Troy, and Mohawk Honda. Another big week of football that we are going to get to. You guys all know the drill at this point. Uh, this is week four. College football is in the books, and now week four going into for the NFL. A lot of good college football action, a lot of good NFL action, and uh, we are going to get right into it because Taylor is on call, so we don't know how much time we have on this episode. It's so probably going to be fine, but if I have to leave midway through, you'll know why. We're not going to chance it, Taylor. It suddenly becomes Bryce, the Bryce show. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> no, people do. I just, you know. Uh, All right. Where get on with it. <laughs> College football, Taylor, week four. Um, the the reason why, and I, and I have the graphic if you're on the YouTube side of things, is they are who we thought they were. And it's not because of, you know, the teams that won. It's the teams that lost. I mean, I could go and sit here and say, look, Penn State handled their business against Central Michigan. Georgia did what they had to do. Bama, Ohio State, Michigan. Oh, no, 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 barely. No. Clemson. Barely. That, that, yeah. Ooh. Barely. Um, but they kind of fall into the they are who we thought they were category. And that's what I want to get to. Like, you look at Clemson barely squeaking by Wake Forest. Now, is Wake Forest a good football team? Yeah, but they're not you know, double overtime, sweating it out if you're Clemson good. Um, Oklahoma, the king of the Big 12, took a big L against Kansas State at home. That's probably, in my opinion, and that's where I wanted to go. Boomer Sooner falls big time. Um, kind of shows how weak the Big 12 is. And then USC, barely beating Oregon State at 17 and 14. Meanwhile, the SEC puts out, the Big Ten puts out, um, I mean, it feels like a broken record week after week, but the conferences that we expected to be good are good. And the conferences that we expected to be weak are weak. You look at, uh, I mean, look, Texas A&M beat Arkansas. That's a big stainer to them. But Tennessee is emerging as kind of that third team in the SEC that a lot of people need to start paying attention to, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They're good. Um, I don't know how many people watch that Tennessee-Florida game, but they're good. And then when it comes to the Big Ten, I mean, look, Penn State handled their business. Ohio State absolutely obliterated Wisconsin at home. Michigan played a much-improved Maryland team. They won. Uh, they And then you look at the Pac-12, the U.S. Uh, – I mean, USC game. Um, yeah, they're 4-0. Yes, they're a top-10 team in the nation, but they won by a field goal on the road against Oregon State. Not exactly a good look for the two lesser Power 5 conferences in the Big 12 and the Pac-12 looking up at the Big 10 and the SEC. Yeah, a bad day for the, the Big 12 and the, and the Pac-10. I mean, I, I, it, it is what it is. At least that uh, USC did get a win. I mean, a win is a win. Like, are we going to really look back on it and criticize it? Probably a little bit here and there. But it's the same thing as, like, you know, Clemson and Wake Forest. Like, is Clemson going to drop from five just because they went to uh, overtimes and and? No, they didn't. They did with, with Wake Forest. Yeah, probably not. No, they're they're gonna they're gonna stay. They're there. still and, yeah, they're yeah. still at five. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a win is still a win, but obviously the the big loss is Oklahoma because that mm -hmm. that is a stinger um, for the the Big Twelve because 
it, it's gonna if they're going in with losses this early to teams like Kansas State, that that's gonna be a problem because you know they're gonna play each other and and eat each other alive that way. So whatever hope they had left was to go into it well, undefeated or. It- and you look at the Big 12 right now, and, and you look at the highest ranked teams in the Big 12, uh-huh. the top legit contenders in the Big 12 are Baylor, Oklahoma, and now Kansas State. They're all three and one. Yeah. They've already hurt themselves. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking at the college football playoff and you see Georgia and Alabama, you look at what the Big Ten's doing and say Clemson and or USC continue to do what they're doing. I just listed, I just rattled off six teams uh, that I would consider before I even blink at the Big 12. Yeah, yeah. And that that's a big problem for the Big 12. Um, and, you know, like if Oklahoma State were to lose to Oklahoma, then there it is. Then that's that's their loss. And who do you even have? It's it, Big 12 is going to disappear pretty fast. And, and I think you're going to start to see that here in a, in a little while because each week we started talking about it last week that the real true contenders for the college football playoff was down to maybe 12 teams. It's down to probably 10, 11 at this point, realistically. Um, You know, right. If that, so you look at the top 25 right now and the top five is unchanged, Georgia, Bama, Ohio state, Michigan, Clemson, they all won. And then because of Oklahoma losing at six, everybody moves up a couple spots, right? So USC, because they won, they slide at six. Kentucky won, they slide up to seven. Tennessee, obviously one we just discussed. Impressive win against Florida. They move up to eight. Oklahoma State was idle. They stay at nine. NC State won. They're at 10. Penn State won. They moved up three spots to 11. So you're starting to see those undefeated teams start to move up. And they're all jockeying for that position. Now, this week's games are going to get a little dicey because conference play starts for a lot of these teams, mostly everybody, if they haven't started already. Like I said, there's a couple teams that started week one in conference play. But you're starting to see the conferences make their moves. And I just want to point out, I mean, let's get to the top 25 before we get to week five. I just want to point out, Taylor, that a team in the Big Ten that not a lot of people were expecting to emerge is starting to emerge. We can sit here and talk about Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, all we want. Um, but Minnesota now is starting to crawl into the picture, and and they are, they're in at 21. I, I just – because I, as being a Penn State fan, I obviously know their schedule as well as anybody. But as we are about to turn the calendars here in October and look towards the college football playoff, just for, you know, conversation's sake, Penn state's three games after this week, they have a bye. They're three games in October at Michigan home against Ohio state <laughs> and home against Minnesota. Good luck. Combined 12 and O all three in the top 25. You want to talk about having to put your big boy pants on October. Is that for Penn state? Yeah, and I'm uh, excited to see how well or how badly I mean, they do. <laughs> I mean, honestly, so, it. so my gut says they're probably in some way, shape, or form going to come out of that at 2-1. and one. You know, I, I feel like there's probably a realistically a loss in there just because of how, I mean, that first of all, that is the tough. But this team's tested. This team's tested. They have a veteran quarterback in, in Sean Clifford, and they've already gone on the road twice and have won impressively against Purdue and Auburn. So um, 
you know, two of those three games, Ohio State and Minnesota, are at home in Beaver Stadium. There's probably not a better home field advantage in college football than Beaver Stadium. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But let's look at some of these other teams, Taylor. The SEC is really making a statement here. Unfortunately, it's kind of the same conversation as the Big Ten, right? You look at Kentucky and Tennessee and even Ole Miss, and you're like, okay, I see you, SEC. But realistically, all three of those teams have to run into either Georgia or Alabama or both, and we all know how that's going to go. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, that that's the reality of all of this. Um, as much as we talk about this and that, um, the reality of this is that the road to the championship probably either goes through Georgia or Alabama. And that's just sad if you are not a fan of Georgia or Alabama because those teams are really, really good. And they're always going to be really, really good at the rate that they just keep recruiting talent. And I don't see that stopping. I mean, maybe when Nick Saban leaves, will Alabama collapse? I don't think so. I think Probably the structure's not. there. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe they lose a little bit in coaching because if you want to give Saban for his strategies or whatever, his game I plan, think it's, but, to be I mean, honest with you, I think it's compared to Ohio State. Like, like Urban Meyer left and Ryan Day picked off right where they exactly. left off. And if anything, Ohio State's better. I mean, these um, are legacy schools that are just going to always be able to turn out because because kids know they go there, they get drafted. The, the thing the thing about it is kids in the South at a very young age, peewee football. I want to play for Georgia or Alabama. Or Georgia. Yep. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what it is. Or even Ohio State. I mean, obviously, like even kids at, at, all across the country want to play for Ohio state. Like, right. Right. And they've got that name brand recognition and like guys, like teams like Michigan. Yeah. They have a little bit of it. So they do get some top prospects, but like, you know, well, and I, and I, I mean, it's the same thing with Penn state. I mean, anybody in the, uh, in the Northeast would appreciate the, the chance to play for Penn state, but you know, you're going and, and Frank, it, honestly, Franklin has done as about as good of a job as possible recruiting in the South because he has SEC ties because he used to be the head coach of Vanderbilt. He's been able to pull some of that talent out of the SEC. But like we've also seen programs that have had a quote unquote longstanding legacy fall off the face of the earth. Texas, how you doing? I told you you'd fall off the face of the earth after <laughs> coming. I mean, they lost their championship I mean, game Notre Dame's to Bama not great right now. Either. Notre Dame's not doing great. So you do see some yeah. of these brands that fall off. It's um, just Alabama's dynasty has look, just looks so strong and it, with no, you know, end in sight uh right. until maybe Saban leaves and then you have a conversation about what what happens next but right you know that is the nature of the beast with uh, college football that is and so let's turn to some week five action here and we we look at some of the big games out there uh tonight recording night we are recording again on Thursday BYU plays Utah State um, that should be an easy game. 15 Washington, a big Pac-12 game early on here. Friday night, Washington and UCLA. And that's not really, you know, usually a game that, you know, grabs people's attention. But Washington is 15 in the top 25. They have a win over Michigan State, and they're going to UCLA, who is also undefeated. So if Pac-12 is looking for some statements one of those two teams is probably their only chance if you want to build up USC's resume, because I still believe USC is the best team in that conference. Yes, you have Oregon, but if you're looking for that team that's still undefeated to kind of emerge, look at those two teams. Then you go to Saturday, Penn State plays Northwestern. They're 25-point favorites. They should be fine there. Michigan 
And I want to I, I want to bring up Michigan here, Taylor, at four. They play Iowa at noon. And the reason, look, Iowa's offense has been about as dreadful as they could come. <laughs> this team cannot, they won a game seven to five earlier this year, okay? Sure. Um, so the thing with Iowa is for game. anything, fifty. a top 10 team going into Kinnick Stadium is always on upset alert. They did it to Penn State, they've done it to Ohio State, and they've done it to Michigan in years past. Iowa shows up for ranked games at home. It doesn't matter what their record is. I'm not saying Michigan's going to lose, but it wouldn't surprise me if you're, you know, kind of looking at some spreads. Michigan's an 11-point favorite. I would hammer Iowa on that game because Mm -hmm. they are not losing by double-digit points. I'm just putting that out there. Um, Fair enough. Big I SEC team win the game, but I I would like. Oh to. no, I I I I absolutely think that they're going to win, but Iowa's going to cover that spread hands down. Um, big SEC matchup: Kentucky and Ole Miss again. Taylor, two undefeated teams that are eventually that have they been impressive this year? Yes, but the question is, are they good enough to beat Bama or Georgia? But I mean, this is a big statement game for one of the two uh, because they're going to skyrocket up the rankings. Whoever wins. Yeah, um, yeah, two on un, uh, two undefeated teams. This is this is the time for wh- whichever one thinks that they can be a threat to the upper echelon of the SEC. Uh, you got to make it through, you know, the lower undefeated teams as well. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> um, Oklahoma plays TCU. Oklahoma dropped down to eighteen, so not much uh, attention there for us. Minnesota, I had to. Unranked, so. yeah. Minnesota at home. They're one of the emerging teams, probably the best team in the Big Ten West at this point. They host Purdue. Kansas State now ranked host Texas Tech. Utah hosts Oregon State. Alabama goes on the road to Arkansas. Um, Good game. Arkansas is a good team. Um, However, they are not Alabama, and I don't expect that game to really be of much concern. Ohio State hosts Rutgers, and um, <laughs> the line is thirty nine and a half. <laughs> Rutgers is Rutgers, folks. That that that's just something that will never change. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma State plays Baylor, and I guess the only saving grace the Big Twelve still has is Oklahoma State's undefeated. But I kind of like Baylor in this game. I don't know Oklahoma State going on the road. We'll we'll see what happens if, there, if- but. I, Oklahoma State is going to have to win if the Big 12 want to stay alive at all. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, Wake Forest and Florida State, two interesting lower-level ACC teams going at it there. It seems like Florida State's finally on the rebound after a bunch, ever since really Jimbo Fisher had left that program. They have been struggling, and they finally find themselves uh, seemingly bouncing back well here. Texas A&M faces Mississippi State. Georgia goes on the road against Missouri, and they are 29-point favorites on the road. Um, the bit, Honestly, the big in here, Taylor, is NC State at 10, heading to Clemson to Memorial Stadium to face the number five team in the nation here on prime time. Um, I, look, I'm not a big believer in NC State. However, I'm not a big believer in Clemson either. This could potentially have some upset implications. NC State has played Clemson very well in years past. Yeah, and Clemson's coming off a very tough, tough game um, win, but uh, an overtime game, which they probably shouldn't have been in. 
And so now can they rebound from that emotional game to now you're playing a top 10 uh, ranked team. So better if you want to keep your pl- your place at five and push, keep knocking on that door, the top four, you, you need to win games like this. And uh, to wrap it up, Saturday night, Georgia Tech faces Pitt. Whatever. It is what it is. USC has another cupcake at home on 10 at 1030. They face Arizona State, who at one and three fired Herm Edwards. Um, so, you know, it, it's another cakewalk for Lincoln Riley and company. And then to wrap it up at 11 o'clock, if you can make it to 11 o'clock kickoff <laughs> on a Saturday night, God bless you. Oregon <laughs> faces Stanford. That game will end at like 2 33 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm less uh, impressed if you make it to kickoff. I'm more impressed if you make it to make the it to the end of the game, especially of how, especially if you drank all day too. Yeah, yeah. Um, very impressive if you make it that far, but uh, it's a full slate conference play begins and it should, things should start to really um, get real here in the month of October as we head towards the um, first released committee rankings for the college football playoff will be the first weekend of November. So you got October now to kind of see who's truly going to come to the forefront here. We have a general idea, but there's some big games in the way before we get there. So we're going to switch gears because obviously this episode and every football episode, you know what we spend most of our time on. It's not a secret at this point. It's the NFL. And boy, Taylor, did we have some good week three action. Um, first and for, first and foremost, um, the Thursday night game, the Browns and the Steelers was a snooze fest. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, how... Otis just dropping the bone everywhere here. <laughs> lucky that, lucky that wasn't my foot there, kid. Um, <laughs> whew. Uh, but no, the, this Browns team. Look, if they can hold water until Deshaun Watson gets back, this is going to be a dangerous team, and that's always been the conversation with the Browns. If they can hold water, their schedule kind of caters to it. Um, you know, until Watson gets back. This could be a dangerous team come November, December, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they they have an established run game. We know this. They have arguably one of the best running backs in the league in Nick Chubb. And that's not even talking about Kareem Hunt. That backs him up, who is one of the best. Actually, no, I'm not going to say one of the best. He is the best backup in the league. And Um, honestly, if Dearness Johnson was on any other team, he'd be playing a hell of a lot more. I mean, he wouldn't be a healthy scratch. Dearness Johnson's a healthy scratch. He's a good running back. We've seen him go when when the other two were down last year. I believe we saw him go for like over 100 and some Mm -hmm. odd. uh, Tutty Mm -hmm. still. I I, I really do think that. I mean, we know this. They have a great running game. And if you complement that with Deshaun Watson, now Deshaun Watson has not played in a god long time, so we'll see how that translates to the field. Um, new scheme, new right? Coach, yeah, fair. New team, fair. all that is new. New players. I, we know he's been in. I don't even know if he's allowed to practice. Is he allowed to practice? I don't even think no. so. Yeah, no, no. he's not allowed know. to enter the facility until the suspension's up. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So he, he has zero chemistry with anyone. So who knows? Who knows? But. You know, he's still Deshaun Watson. He's still a great quarterback when he plays. Um, so, just yeah, says, I mean, just has Cleveland, some weird uh, 
just has some weird kinks. That's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is a whole different beast. And he is a scumbag for most of it, but you know what? On the field, he plays well. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, if, if Cleveland can go into what is it, 12, 12 game suspension, if they can go in above 500, I'm sure they'd be thrilled with that. And they could be a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They well, like I said, I mean, their schedule kind of caters to the suspension. Um, they don't really, and it's seemingly becoming that the AFC North may not be as tough as we expected it to be. So, um, y- you know, that, that's something to be mindful of as well. All right, let's head to the Sunday slate, Taylor, here. Um, oh, God, what? where should we begin? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start. The Eagles. Oh, the of course, Eagles. Of course. And uh, Carson's... Where else would we go? Carson's revenge game, if you want to call it that. Um, this Eagles team, man, I mean, people were looking at this game. game I think. <laughs> What's that? It was the Eagles' revenge game for Carson. Not I, yeah, seriously. I, I think, I think just anything Philadelphia and Eagles related is now just something that will haunt Carson for the rest of his life. Because <laughs> my lord, um, and this this was truly the first time Taylor that like I had the opportunity. Because no offense, I wasn't you know scratching at my remote trying to change the channel to watch Colts games last year. Um, so this was like the first time that I really got to watch a full 60 minutes of Carson Wentz in a non-Eagles uniform. That's painful. Holy shit. Now you know um, why I was uh, the, so upset. <laughs> so the Eagles defense, first of all, had nine sacks. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the Eagles defense is good. Man, that um, is- they are <laughs> Not many defenses are that good. This was the first time... The Eagles defense had nine sacks since 1981. Not even the Eagles defensive line with Reggie White got nine sacks in one game. That's a lot of sacks um, in an NFL game. Uh, but, it, you know, they they shut down a commander's offense that quite honestly had looked good going into that game. Um, I, from what I saw, Carson was looking good. They were putting points up. They have one of the best trios of wide receivers in all of football, in my opinion, with McLaurin, Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and a above average defense, if you know, I don't think it's below average by any means. I mean, they do have a lot of talent, um, but this is a commander's team, Taylor, that just did not, did not stand a chance from the word go against this Eagles team. First of all, the defense was hounding Carson all game long. The fact that he holds on to the ball so damn long, it just, and that was a problem. That was the problem. It was a big problem with the Eagles too, but it really came to light yesterday yeah. for me, maybe because yeah. I was rooting against him. Maybe mentally when he was in midnight green, I was trying to like direct oh, my frustration towards someone else, but Oh my God, get rid of the ball. He's Holy just gotten the worst. Not even just get rid of the ball, but like, like take the yardage that the so many times and I, I saw highlights. I didn't watch the Eagles game, obviously. No, um, we'll, get to, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but uh, but like I saw highlights and like the way that there was times where there was pressure, but then like huge holes would like open where like Carson could have just ran forward and he or didn't. or or moved up into the pocket and, yeah, and he would run towards like know. the I don't know. Run like towards the defenders, like trying to get them, and it's like, come on, man, what's um, happening? To the Eagles side of things, Taylor, uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm running out of words, truly. Um, he looked incredible once again, and his connection with not only A.J. Brown, um, but what's really becoming dangerous with this offense is the fact that Devontae Smith just absolutely exploded for 171 receiving yards and made some incredible catches. It yeah. is going to be hard for any defense, week in and week out, to go and say, okay, let's take rid of, get rid of A.J. Brown. Let, let's take him away. Okay. Devontae Smith, have a day. Dallas Goddard, have a day. You want to take away the pass entirely? Okay, we'll run it down your throats with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, and, and the list goes on. This uh -huh. Eagles offense is so multidimensional. And, and what, what really strikes me continuously is the difference from last year to this year with Jalen Hurts becoming a pass-first quarterback running when he only has to. It's making him a better player. It's making him an elite player. And it has him at the forefront of being this year's MVP. Granted, it's only three weeks in. I get that. But you, you got to go off of what we've seen so far. And if, the, if you know, Jalen Hurts isn't the MVP, I think a distant second may be Lamar. I mean, and the, and the NFL just announced its offensive uh, players of the month. And shocker, Jalen Hurts is the NFC player of the month, and Lamar Jackson is the AFC player. Of the yeah, month. I mean, I mean, you, you got, if you're looking at MVP race right now, it's a two man race between those two. I think in my mind, and and Lamar might have the edge right now. Well, maybe Jalen does because they're undefeated, and yeah. and the Ravens have that ugly loss, the comeback, um, uh, with the Dolphins. But, you know, I mean, what can you say? I, I, we'll we'll I talk know. about Lamar Jackson, but like, uh, yeah, like Jalen Hurts uh, throwing the ball this week, even like accurate passer. Yeah. The deep ball is there. I mean, some of these throws they was making Smith, the catches that he's making as well. Like that was impressive, too. Like I know. the what Lamar has, if we're talking about MVP race, is that he's also like their best running back and their mm -hmm. best quarterback. Well, obviously their quarterback, but he's also their best running back. And he has back-to-back -back games of a hundred plus yards rushing, which is insane. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's a tight race and it's between those two for sure. And in fantasy too, they are also ridiculous. Right I know. I, I know. And, and carrying some teams, I have a couple leagues that are three and oh, and it's like, <clears throat> it's just Lamar including one of my teams actually. And it's like Lamar is just carrying it or Jalen is carrying them. Yeah, and it's just been so fun to watch. This team's got that swagger, and and I, I I've been trying to humble myself as much as possible because I know it's early. But this Eagles team has that 2017 feel. It has that Carson Wentz had his breakout. The defense was really good. Weapons were stepping up. Second year head coach. It had it just. I can't ignore it anymore. It has that 2017 feel with this Eagles team. Um, big game this week. We'll talk about that when we get to uh, the week for action. Let's move on here. Uh, the Bears and the Texans. Um, we both picked Houston. Uh, the Bears. And you want to talk about awful. Justin Fields looks awful. Didn't even throw for 80 yards of passing against the Houston Texans. They don't trust them to throw the football, but somehow the Bears found a way. The Titans made the Raiders the only winless team in football. 
told you I had concern about the Raiders. Did not expect the Titans to beat them, but I told you I had concern about the Raiders. Yeah, um, I the Titans would beat them either, unfortunately. That was that 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 was a big game, and you know, obviously, on with your mutual interest there with the Titans in your division, not great. Um, however, what is great for you, Taylor, is the fact that um, the upset of the week happened, which was the Colts. You know, you can't beat Houston or Jacksonville, <laughs> but you can go and beat the We didn't Chiefs. lose to Houston. Um, it, it was ugly, but you did it. And it a win's beautiful. a win in the National Football League. It was beautiful because I was at this game, and it, and it was awesome. Um, first of all, Indianapolis was a great city. All true. Um, yeah, no, I, I believed you, and I, you you're definitely right. I mean, it's it was – it's nice. It, it was like really clean and it's small enough that it's like navig navigable. I can't say it. Navigatable. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, but but, you, but but still like you know obviously a big city feel and um you know the stadium's right in downtown. So like as we're walking there, like you see all the Colts fans and there's obviously a lot of Kansas City fans there too. Um, walking into the stadium, so it was a, a really like uh um cool like procession, like a parade going to the stadium, which was cool. Lucas Oil is beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the game was awesome. It started off, you know, um, with the Colts. The Colts got that punt off. They had their first three and out, and then they punted, and it was uh, Sky Moore fumbled it, and we got it at the, like, three-yard line and scored from there, scored the first points. And from there, it was just – it was a slug-it-out kind of game where the, the defense really played spectacularly well against Mahomes um obviously the the special teams for the chiefs had a bunch of issues they missed a field goal they missed the uh extra point which both of those were hilarious they tried a fake field goal at one point which didn't work at all um and yeah and, uh, the colts defense played their best game obviously all season um they were pressuring Mahomes a lot which was nice to see because they weren't getting much pressure he was running a lot he uh, actually led the team in rushing um, because they couldn't get any actually Ed, Ed, Clyde Edwards Hilaire rushed seven times for zero yards and a touchdown, which is just a, a hilarious stat line. Um, but yeah, the defense played spectacularly well. The offense did just enough having Pittman back and Alec Pierce back. Alec Pierce made two really good catches um, and Pittman made a couple. He Pittman had one where he literally pulled it out of the defender's hand. It looked like um, it was such a tight window and he just kind of like, just took it and we didn't even know it he had it until he started running with it. And then they cap it off with the interception after the game winning drive and they intercept uh, Patrick Mahomes for the first interception of his season, which was just the icing on the cake. It was a really fun game. Um, defense played well. Offense still has major, major issues. The offensive line is playing like absolute dog shit. Like, the amount of pressures, guys untouched coming through the line to hit Pat Ryan. He had an average of 2.8 seconds to throw the ball. Yeah, that's not going to fly every no. week. No, it's not. And, and and like Jonathan Taylor did his best. He did a de decent job rushing it. But, you know, when when an obvious blitzing situation, like literally like they are motioning in on a blitz. How do you not then pick that up and not have two free rushers coming at Matt Ryan immediately? That's That's not going to cut it. And your defense, if your defense plays like that every game, yeah, maybe you have a chance to go and win some games. But your defense isn't going to be able to do that every time. Your offense needs to be able to put up more points. The 
the protection has to be better for the amount of money that we're spending on the offensive line. I guess they didn't really get the memo, the tank for Bryce Young memo, huh? No, you know what? I don't even care. We're one, one and one. The good thing about it is we play in the worst division. And so we're right in the thick of the, the, the division race. Like the, our, our Jacksonville is our only threat. And I'm hoping that uh, next week you can, you can help us out with that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Nice. We'll, I'll have my people talk to your people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go to the, the Titans next week. So like we can take care of the Titans with our own job, but we need a little help from the Eagles to, we'll to get knock, there. Knock, yeah. knock them down a peg. We'll, we'll get there. We'll talk. We'll get there. <laughs> um, dolphins, you know, and I, I, you know, as soon as they won, I'm like, son of a bitch. I talked about it on the show. I was yeah. considering picking the Dolphins last week, and I was like, you Me know too. what? No, I, I'm i not at the point where everybody's like, Dolphins are the best team in football. Stop it. Um, yeah. Any quarterback led, or, or any team led by Tua Tungavailoa is not the best team in the NFL. So we're going to stop that right now, and we might find out. Um, Miami might get a reality check tonight. Um, we'll we'll get to that as well. Um, look. Buffalo was severely undermanned in the hot, hot, hot. Um, you had a butt punt. You had a, <laughs> a mismanaged final play that sent Kent Dorsey into a mental institution. Um, yeah. Just <laughs> um, spazzing out. Look, it's, uh, so it's one of those things like the Dolphins got the bills. You know, talk to me and, you know. December, January, when, you know, the Dolphins have to head up to uh, Buffalo for a playoff game. Let me know how that goes. In the snow. <laughs> In the snow. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Miami is doing what, they, what they've been, you know, advertised to do with this, this high-powered offense. Um, it's what they're going to rely on this whole season. Uh, mm-hmm. They have maybe the two fastest wide receiver tandem in the NFL, um, and they're going to lean on that, and they're going to win some games. I I think it was close enough with the Bills that you do wonder if, you know, the Bills have trouble with closing out some games. You know, this happened in, you know, the the the, the playoffs last year where they couldn't close out the game. 13 seconds, you can't stop Patrick. I know he's Patrick Mahomes, but, like, the Colts just did it. Uh, obviously, he had Tyreek Hill. It's a different situation. But come on, 13 yards or 13 seconds and you let them get into field goal range and then you talk about this game where you're you're just losing these tight games where you, mm-hmm. you don't you run out of time at the end like what what are we doing here come on buffalo you need to be able to win these close games if you want to win the super bowl otherwise you're going to get there and lose it again for the fifth and this is time. i mean look buffalo is quickly um proving that i don't i don't think they have what it takes to get to the super bowl yeah. um plus they're losing a lot of key players for the season um, oh, yeah. so, you I know, mean, they're banged uh, up going into that game too. Yeah, they're banged they're up, the, and they're not going yeah. to get healthier. So uh, the the Bills are finding themselves in a tough spot as the calendars head to October here. Um, Vikings and the look teams, they're going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, so. no. To be clear, they'll make it to the playoffs. I just don't think they're the best team in the AFC. I don't. Um, Vikings and the Lions. The Lions, man, they're stingy, but they're still not. They can't. They should have won this game. Um, you know. It is what it is. Kirk Cousins played in a one o'clock game, so he has some heroic moments with the last talked about it. <laughs> last minute KJ Osborne touchdown and the uh, Vikings win the game. Um Vikings are two and one and uh the Lions are one and two and uh, Justin Jefferson got shut out. 
for another week, which was not great for my fantasy team, but hey, uh, we I still won. It. We still won because of Lamar Jackson. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win because of Lamar Jackson. I won because uh, of Saquon. Yeah. Right, there you that's go. That's how I won. Um, speaking of Lamar, the Ravens played the Patriots, and the Patriots just aren't very good. Um, and they're really not going to be good now because well, Mac we Jones. We talked about it. They're not going to be able to score points. Not, not, not at the Ravens clip. No. no and fear. and Lamar just absolutely went off once again for five tutties. Uh, he is probably the favorite for MVP if Jalen Hurts isn't right now. Um, this is you know after after a uh, clunker. You know the the Ravens are. You know, making me feel better about my Super Bowl pick on the AFC side of things. Listen, it's a fluke that the 38 to whatever 17 comeback or whatever it was, um, that was a fluke. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they put up that much point, that many points like this, this offense is nearly unstoppable. Like, how can you stop a running back or, a, or well, a slip of the tongue there? But how can you stop a quarterback who can also be like this effective running the ball? Like, uh, it's so hard to do. Like, right. I, I don't know how you get, like, if I was game planning for it, I would I would sell out to stop him from running and make him throw the ball. But he's shown that he can throw the ball just as well. Um, So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you stop this team, but I think you should feel good. I think the Ravens are pretty close to the top team in the AFC right now. Uh, I would tend, I would tend to agree. Another team that some people think may find themselves close to the top of the AFC when all things are said and done are the Bengals. And after a rough start, they handled their business against a Joe Flacco led Jets team as they are supposed to do. Um, Zach Wilson will be back for the Jets this week. Uh, tonight, the Bengals play. We'll get to both those games, you know, here in a bit. But the Bengals handled their business against the Jets like they were supposed to. We talked about it. Bengals, there was no way that the Bengals could go 0 3 losing no. to the Jets. No. There's no way. And they did what they had to do. Um, Panthers and the Saints. Mm. There is trouble brewing in NOLA. Oh boy. Um, the Panthers won. Great. Congratulations. Um, they're not a very good team, but the Saints, who I expected to push the Bucks for the division, um, <laughs> Jameis Winston is playing with fractures in his back. Michael Thomas left the game with an injury. Jarvis Landry left the game with an injury. They can't get anything going for Alvin Kamara. The defense is giving up points left and right. This is a Saints team that is in trouble. They can't put points up worth a lick. And, um, I mean, in real life, I'm thrilled. Because if you remember, the Eagles have the Saints first round pick this year. And right now... That's the sixth overall pick. So the Eagles aren't only the best team in football, but they also have a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. It, it's great. To, I, I, Howie Roseman, God bless you. But um, the Saints, they are in trouble. I mean, it's a, yeah, that's a bad loss to, to the Panthers. And I mean, it's one, it's one thing to lose. Uh, it's one thing to lose to Tampa, right? It's another thing to lose yeah. to Carolina. And like, it's not going to get any easier of an opponent than you are with Carolina. Like you play the saints and then you play the Seahawks. Okay. The Seahawks, maybe they're one you can like, you can feel confident going into that game. If you're a saints fan, but then they play the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Ravens later, the Steelers. Well, the Steelers defense could 
when they can't move the ball. Um, There's, I mean, look, the Saints play the Vikings. They play the Bucks. Like they obviously they're in division. The Eagles too. They play the Um, Eagles too. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. So here's the thing with the Saints. Like they have the 9:30 London game this week, and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead. Um, and we'll talk about it when we do our picks. But Andy Dalton might have to play this week. Jameis Winston hasn't practiced yet. And we're heading into Friday. So there's concern here. And Andy Dalton is not exactly, look, is he, you know, he is what he is. He's Andy Dalton. He's a backup quarterback. He's not any better or worse than Jameis Winston. And if this team isn't winning with Jameis Winston, they're not going to win with Andy Dalton either. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think Jameis finds a way to play. Cause I, as, as far as I know right now, he's just dealing with the pain of it. So it makes sense. He would rest and not want to practice. Obviously he doesn't. The thing is you, at, at this point, you would at least want to see limited. Yeah, I guess, I guess what well, tomorrow's practice is really like, obviously the one I mean, Friday's a walkthrough, you know, I know, I, I know, but like it, it I, I still think he will play. Although it being a, a an early game, I don't know if that affects it as much, but we'll we'll, we'll see. Either way, Saints are probably still in trouble, and it oh, seems yeah. like the only thing uh, fantasy wise with Kamara just being absolutely shut down most of this time and not really being able to get involved in the offense, the only one that's viable right now and he's very much viable though is Chris Olave, yeah. um, who I wish I got him in more drafts. Um, I, I you like just felt be with you just felt with Michael Thomas, yeah, and Jarvis Landry's presence, and with what they want to do on the ground, you felt that yeah, Olave might be a nice piece, but not to this level. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the, but still, as as the Saints are right now, Jameis is Jameson, and it, it, they're in trouble. <laughs> I yes, they are. Um, you want to talk about trouble? It's another team we're about to talk to, and that's the Chargers. Oh my! They no, they are that no. It's time. Listen, it is time to press the panic button if you're the Chargers. You lost Bosa for probably the rest of the year. They say he might come back, but you probably lost Bosa for the rest of the year. A groin injury is not something that oh, it's been eight weeks. I'm good now. That's not how that works. (laughs) Justin Herbert's going to be playing with fractured ribs. Probably the rest of the year. That mm-hmm. That's another thing. That doesn't just magically heal, especially when you're consistently playing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm fine now. Uh, no, that's not how that works. Keenan Allen just left practice early today because he re-aggravated his, injur- his hamstring injury. Josh Palmer is on IR. They've lost Rashawn Slater. Brandon Staley has proven once again that he cannot manage a full 60 minutes. This Chargers team, look, the Jaguars are good. They are not the Jaguars that we, you know, thought they were. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a well-coached team. Trevor Lawrence has taken that next step. They have nice pieces. This Jaguars team's not a a kickover like they've been. But if you're a Chargers team that has been expected to win that division Mm -hmm. and you're throwing Justin Herbert out there, at this point, I would say give him two, three weeks off. Hope to God that Chase Daniel could keep the – boat afloat um but this is a chart you cannot afford this many losses in that division so the, the the thing is like it's not getting better for the chargers you're losing pieces and it's not looking pretty it's one thing to lose to the jaguars it's another thing to lose 38 to 10 to the jaguars listen 
the Jaguars have a good defense. They're a good team overall. We we obviously you, you went through that. Um, but yeah, you, uh, obviously it, the injuries are a big like a big worry. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't. I, I, there's nothing more you can say when Bosa's gone with 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 Herbert dealing with his injury. I would sit him next week. They're playing the Texans. If you can't beat the Texans without him, then you you know. I, I don't know what to tell you. Your team is falling apart. They, they have no one on uh, to receive the ball. I mean, Eckler can't get going in the run game at all. He can barely get going in the passing game, and he might be your best receiver right now who's out there um, besides maybe if, if – Mike if Williams. Get, yeah, Mike Williams. And if you get Keenan Allen back, I mean, he's 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 trying. Um, but, uh, yeah. They even no. practice early with an aggravated injury. is not good, though. Yeah, no. Uh, and so the Chargers, they get the Texans and then the Browns, which we don't really were weird on because, you know, they have a the great uh, throwing game, but they still are man by Brissett and the Broncos. <clears throat> so we don't really know what they are yet, um, but you're going to play some hard teams. So I, I would want to get right now with, say, Justin Herbert, maybe sit him out for a game or two, maybe a little bit less pain when he comes in. He just play. doesn't look right. He doesn't no, look right. He's playing through a bunch of pain, I'm, I'm sure. Um Yes, I am worried because I did pick the Chargers to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Chargers winning the Super Bowl. So I know, I know. And it's, <laughs> it, it sucks. Injuries suck. I wish we could turn them off like in Madden. Yeah, there you go. If, if, only, um, if only. The Rams and the Cardinals, Taylor. Uh, the Cardinals look horrible. They, I mean, there's no bones about it. The Cardinals just look bad. They look broken on offense. They had four field goals. They didn't score a touchdown. Um, the Rams defense is good, but it's not the shutdown defense that we've seen in the past couple years. Um, the Rams look shaky too, uh, but this is a divisional game. You know, they beat, they, they've usually historically have dominated the Cardinals. They continue to do so. But if I'm Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, you got to get something going. Now I get it. It hurts when you don't have Rondell Moore and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and those two guys, look, Hopkins will be back after week six. Rondell Moore is trying to get back. Um, but this is a Cardinals offense that's kind of stuck in the mud right now, and it's hurting them because that defense isn't good. Yeah, it the defense is definitely not good. Um, and I, it sucks for 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 the 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 uh, Cardinals right now because they are missing uh, so many pieces, big pieces like mainly DeAndre Hopkins. He's he's arguably the best wide receiver. Oh, he in the he, NFL. he blows he, the top off a, de- a defense. He makes big plays. Kyler needs him. Definitely. And I expect him to be better when he comes back, but it is worrisome because you know historically the last couple of years with Kyler Murray and all and the it Cardinals, goes downhill as the yes, season goes on. Yes. And so if you're starting from a bad spot, yeah, you're gonna have to turn it around and and have a, a better end of the season. But that's and not the schedule's not kind game. either. Yeah, the schedule's not kind. Yeah. So you worry, um, you do worry about the Cardinals. Yeah, it, it, it's time to panic if you're down in Glendale. Uh, the Falcons and the Seahawks, um, look, it is what it is. Two very bad teams going up against each other, and the Falcons win. Uh, the Packers and the Bucks, probably the most anticipated game of the week. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady really slugged it out in a 14-12 to 12 game. Um, you know, Brady made a push. Made, Brady made a push late, um, but these are two teams that don't have many weapons on the outside. Um, Romeo Dobbs finally had his coming out party that we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I love uh, to see it. Love to see it. Yep, Aaron Rodgers uh, 
connected well with him. It seems like he found a guy that he could trust. Uh, this Buccaneers team, though, until they get healthy, is a tough watch. Defensively, they're the best in football, and it's not close. Um, but offensively, I mean, the Jets looked more efficient than what the Bucs were putting out mm. on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, they have no wide receivers. Their best wide receiver is... Cole Beasley. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or, or Russell Gage. Russell Gage. Gage with uh, um, 12 receptions. You know, I, mean, I know it's the reason why we lo- I lost in the Godzilla Media League is because yeah. Russell Gage decided to go uh, Devonte Adams on me. Really, the only thing I took away from this is um, Romeo Dobbs, and I'm hoping that it is the start of something beautiful between him and Aaron Rodgers because I have him in a dynasty league. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I have I have him I have him in my keeper league, and I'm just like putting him on the bench. If I compare him with just so I have Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, and Garrett Wilson are my probably my top three wide receivers right now. And if I, I can Romeo Dobbs sprinkle in there in my oh, dynasty, in my dynasty, I have uh, actually very similar Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, Garrett Wilson, and Romeo Dobbs. If those four can be like a solid core four wide receivers, ooh, the sky's the limit. It, 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 I just need Justin pretty. Jefferson to actually fucking do his job. I I know I'm starting <laughs> to get the a little worried here. That I at you know I'm not my one pick, but like oh, you know, be the first round pick. Uh, Broncos and the Niners. I think I I contracted AIDS from watching this game. <laughs> oh <my> God, um, <laughs> it was horrible. With his stroke, maybe like yeah, watching I, watching Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, oh my God. This, this game, I, I wanted to throw up. I could not be happier that I could take an hour of my time to watch House of the Dragon and <laughs> not watch this game to come back, and the score didn't change. I'm like, it's been an hour! It was like, who wanted to, who wanted to lose the game more? Like, that's, it, that's literally how it was. Um, the Broncos are the ugliest, ugliest I product. Don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Fire him immediately. Get a new coach. He he he's ain't he ain't cutting it with all the weapons you have with Russell Wilson at quarterback. There's no reason. There there Russell is no reason you should be putting eleven points up with Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Melvin Williams, Melvin Melvin Gordon, Gordon uh, KJ Hamler as your wide receiver three. Even Albert uh, O has been shown flashes when they've actually thrown to him. You have a good offensive line. You have a shutdown defense. Um, I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. It's got to be the coach. It. It's the only thing that would make sense because it's the only like it's got to be the coach, the schemes, all it's of ugly. it. Like it, it, it is so unwatchable, and it's killing me because I have like Russell Wilson in one of my leagues, uh, but in my other leagues too. And it's I have like, Cortland Sutton, and luckily he's Cortland been Sutton has actually been productive. He's been peppered with targets, and he's been he good. He's gotten double point touchdowns. Right, he has double digit points. fantasy points yeah. in all three weeks. He's so getting far. receptions and and he's, um, he's getting but, yards, but touchdowns my, would be nice. My God, is it bad? Um, Javante Williams actually has been fine because he's involved in the passing game. Yeah, serviceable, um, but he hasn't been like no, he hasn't been the breakout guy. Yeah, exactly. He expected. hasn't been like the future first round pick that I thought he would be. Well, and I think he can be and will be if this offense can stop. I agree. Stop going in reverse. Like I'm not um, selling all of my stock and all these no. guys. You got to hold them because if it gets fixed, the sky's the limit. Right, and. and yeah. 
we're waiting. Um, the Niners, you know, after me sitting here and us agreeing on they're a better team with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, <laughs> he really showed us, didn't he? Yeah, boy. He said we we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> um, 126 passing yards out of the Niners offense and uh, looked looked great. Nine three and outs, no touchdown passes. Um, it was it was one for the ages for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then that leaves me to the final game of the week, which was another just banner game. Um, I like to call it the clown show. Uh, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And it's the Dallas Cowboys and the New York football giants. Um, the giants suck. They may have been the worst two and O team in NFL history. They are no longer two and O they are now the worst two and one team in NFL history. And the Cowboys, um, somehow, some way, managed to beat a very bad Giants team. Cooper Rush is two and zero, and Dak Prescott's zero and one this year. I'm just saying, <laughs> quarterback controversy. Honestly, these two—it's not close. The Eagle. This is the Eagles' division to um, to lose, and this game kind of proved it. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought that the Giants were ever legit. The only thing you like about them is Saquon Barkley on offense. And hey, you beat the Titans and the Panthers by a combined three points. What you, I mean, you expect me to give you, a, you know, a trophy? Like, no, come uh, on. I don't think anyone really, even Giants fans, I feel like they were just like riding the wave. Like, there's no way that they could have fought. Giants fans were sitting there thinking they were headed to Arizona to hoist the Lombardi trophy. Please. Well, until they get a new quarterback, that's not happening. Daniel Jones. Yeah, no, as long as you have Daniel Jones as your quarterback, no. And then on the other side, you know, the 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 defense still good for Dallas, but Cooper Rush, you know, he's he's doing alright, but like yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna win you games in in against teams that are not the Giants. So I I don't yeah this the, I mean the division is wrapped up as long as the Eagles nothing happens to the Eagles like catastrophic like Jalen Hurts goes down. I'm gonna um, stop you right there. <laughs> um. Unless something like that happens, no, this the Eagles should run away with this division, actually. All right. Now that we I just have to edit that. Remind me to edit that <laughs> that you didn't put that into existence. Bad, Taylor. Bad. Um, look, the Eagles already lost their MVP candidate quarterback once when they were the best team in football. I, I don't need to go through that anxiety again, okay? Thank you. Um <clears throat> Week four is upon us, and we are recording on the eve, or no, the same night of, as I should say, of Thursday Night Football. Miami heads to Cincinnati for what should be a pretty damn good game. Um, obviously, our listeners will know the result of that as you listen to this episode. However, we still got a pick. Taylor, you are 26 and 22. I am 23 and 25, so I'm three games behind you here. Um Miami and Cincinnati. Uh, look, we're all waiting for the Miami fall from grace here. Um, a lot of people think this Miami team's the best team in the AFC. LOL. Um, I think Cincinnati is starting to kind of feel its groove again. Home game, short week. Miami obviously had a big, big game last weekend where the defense was on the field for 90 snaps. Um, I'm going to pick the underdog here. At home, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. On a short week like this, I mean, the Dolphins have been riding high for a while. Um, they've got to lose a game. Like, they're not going to keep this winning streak up as, as like indefinitely. And, and the Bengals are a team that's ready, hungry. They Obviously, they beat the Jets. This will be a real good test for the Bengals. Like, if they want to come back and, and be in the, the mix come playoff time, um, they should – probably start by winning games like this against an undefeated team when you're one and two to get back to 500 you got to beat the dolphins right here um yeah i think the bengals win this game somehow i but my gut kind of does tell me that the dolphins might just run away with this and that the bengals are bad but i'm still gonna pick the bengals right here because i just i just can't with the dolphins they're they're not as good as they seem they can't be Let's head to uh, London for the 9.30 a.m. kick. Oh, well, kickoff here. It's going to be like a normal time over there. Minnesota and New Orleans. It's not prime time. So trust Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> the Saints look bad. We just talked about it. Um, there's no way I could trust them right now uh, while the Vikings are 2-1 and one and do look pretty good decent um with their only loss being against the eagles i'm gonna take the vikings here yeah and i'm hoping um we don't i don't know if we know the status of dalvin cook yet he's he's gonna play he's gonna play okay um well that's good for the vikings and even worse for the saints Um, honestly even if cook didn't play alexander madison uh, fills in fine yeah he I, i i believe that um i'm hoping for fantasy's sake, that Justin Jefferson gets more involved this week. Me too. Um, Me too. But I, I do think that the Vikings can beat the Saints. Um, it wouldn't surprise me since it's the only game on. It's not exactly prime time, but it's going to be the only game on at 9.30. If, uh, uh, oh, I'll be up. up but, I'll be up. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, t- I'll take the Vikings in this one. Football is football, my friend. Uh, Cleveland at Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is kind of feeling themselves. Cleveland is feeling themselves. They had a nice long week. <sighs> this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Cleveland just simply because it's a better defense. Atlanta doesn't have the weapons. They look good because they played a bad Seattle team. Cleveland's going to win this football game. Yeah, of course. That The, the, the Falcons, they're going to win a few games here and there, and this might be one of them, but I'm still picking the Browns in this one because – the Browns running game is something you can rely on. Um, and percent, like we've talked about in the past, he's a really good game manager. So as long as he, that running game can, you know, thrive. And I, I, I don't think the Falcons have anything special and uh, run stopping ability. So I, I I'm going to go with the Browns in this one. As well. Buffalo at Baltimore. It would be malpractice for me to have the bills beat the team. I picked to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I am going to go with the Ravens at home against the Bills. And really the reason why, even if I didn't pick the Ravens, I will pick the Ravens is because this offense is humming. And guess where the Bills' weakness clearly is now? On the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Miami did what they wanted to do against this Buffalo Bills defense. Baltimore sure as hell will. Um, I don't think the Bills are set up to beat a team like Baltimore. That's why I took Baltimore in the first place to represent the AFC this year. I'm taking Baltimore in this game at home. Well, I think 
that uh, this this could be a shootout type situation. Oh God, yeah. If you're um, playing either of these defenses in fantasy, you're just yeah. I, I don't know why you're asking for it. You might as well not play a defense. That. Yeah, no, you're probably gonna get negative points. Um, this is a good game. I'm sad that it's not prime time. I really wish it was. Yeah, why um, is this a one o'clock game? I have no idea. This seems like such a waste. What's this, when they, they what's this been... Sunday night? What's the Sunday and Monday night? Kansas know, probably... City, Tampa, and LA and San Francisco. Okay. Get, get LA and San Francisco off Monday night football. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, I mean that that's one you should you should you should flex the back the Bills Ravens game because that that deserves it. That's gonna be like it, if I wasn't gonna be watching the Colts game, that's the, the game. E- I, uh, of course, the Eagles are on at one. Because I'd love to watch that game, but no, nope, yeah. Bills so Bills and Ravens. Ah, oh, this is a tough one. See, they're, they're, I'm pretty sure they're the two top offenses uh, so far this year, one and two. Um, so you'd think it would be a shootout. Um, and then if it's a close game, I don't know if I trust the Bills. Um, so I'm gonna go Ravens. They do have home field advantage. Um, that one's a tough one, though. I can easily see the Bills wanting to really come back after that heartbreaking loss. Um, but Ravens, led by the MVP, in my eyes, front runner right now, just edging out uh, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. I, I, I'll take the Ravens. Big divisional game coming up in the NFC East. Washington heads to Dallas. And look, Philadelphia made Washington and Carson Wentz look really, really bad. Um, however, Dallas still does not look very good with Cooper Rush. They they seem to have put it together a little bit um, late in that game uh, Monday night. They did beat the Giants. Cooper Rush made some throws. He Lamb made some plays, and they won. Um, the reason – this is tough for me. <laughs> this is really, really tough for me. I want to I wanna pick Dallas. I, I, I want to, but I'm not. I think <laughs> I think watch like this this screams like typical NFC East, right? Like this this screams like Dallas should win this game. They're not though because Washington's going to find a way. Uh look, I, I mean I've liked what I've seen from Washington outside of last week. I haven't seen what I've liked I, I haven't liked what I've seen from Dallas all year. Um so give me give me the commanders. Go command this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Cowboys because of the sole fact that uh, Carson Wentz is their quarterback. Yeah. And the Cowboys have Micah, Micah Parsons. Did I say it right. Oh, um, it only took you three weeks. Yeah, whatever. Um, with Parsons and the Cowboys uh, defense, if they can make Carson Wentz at all uncomfortable and he makes stupid ass plays like he has all season long. Um, he's made some good plays here and there against eh, teams. But when they played a, a good defense, uh, he, I mean, he made it look even better than it probably is with those nine sacks. Um, I don't think the Cowboys get nine sacks, but I do think that they cause enough disruption and Cooper Rush does just enough with what little weapons he has, CeeDee Lamb. Um, I, I, I think the Cowboys win this game. I don't think the Cowboys are good, but I don't think the Commanders are either. No, but we'll see. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, Seattle and Detroit. Um, Detroit. I, I've liked Detroit this year. You know, yeah. I, I think they've been, you know, 
their two losses are against the Vikings and the Eagles. I mean, you can't really knock them for either. Um, they're close. And this is a team that I expect to get better as the season goes on and could still push for a wild card spot. One and two, you're not dead. You know, it, it, you wonder if uh, Dalvin Cook will play or not Dalvin Cook. Um, DeAndre Swift, he's he's dealing with an injury. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown is a little banged up, but I'm, I'm hoping that they both go. Yeah, but Seattle's but so but, but against Seattle, it doesn't worry me as much. Like right. against other teams, there that could be an issue. Um, but against Seattle, I they should and I'm I'm on Ross St. Brown definitely should play. Um, it's Swift. I, I'm not sure if he's going to, but I mean, even with Williams, they've been doing pretty well with, with Williams running the ball too. So it, it's not like, it's kind of like an Alexander Madison, like step down where it's like, okay, well, Williams has been getting the goal line work anyway. So I'm sure he can handle a full mm-hmm. workload if he, if he has to, and the, you love their wide receivers. If on can't go, um, then, you know, DJ Chark or becomes their best wide receiver maybe. So it's like, ugh. but uh, yeah, I, I still think they can beat the, the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks are not good. They have a good Charger, yeah. Chargers and the Texans. Um, look, I, I we've we've expressed our concerns for the Chargers, and they are most deservedly um, to be expressed. However, Houston is not good. Davis Mills seems to be taking a step back this year. Um, look, if you're not going to beat the Texans, then there's a whole list, laundry list of issues that needs to be addressed with this Chargers team. So I'm going to go with the Chargers here. Yeah, I mean, if the Chargers lose this game, if the panic button wasn't hit this week, if they lose to the the Houston, which I would be so mad about, um, it would be a a big loss. So I I take the Chargers in this one. The Texans are not good, and I don't know how many games they're going to win. They are in a uh, tank for Bryce Young kind of mood. So, Um, you know, put get your popcorn ready. The biggest division rival in all football is uh, coming up with the Titans and the Colts. Um, sure. Um, I guess I'll go Colts. They're too bad. Colts. No offense. Too bad football teams. Um, Colts by default coin flip. Well, let, let's, let's, let's cut the brakes here. Um, the Colts defense played very well against Patrick Mahomes. If they can do that, especially if they get, uh, Shaq Leonard back, but can the Colts stop Derrick Henry? Yes, easily. Because we, have a easily you heard it here we have a pretty good run defense actually like it's 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 actually not that bad at all um i already see i already i didn't even have to write your pick in for this i already know who you're taking colts obviously the titans are not a good team and the colts yeah they're not a great team but i think they can beat the titans they're the titans secondary is all banged up and trash um so michael Pittman jr should eat alec pierce might even eat a little bit um if the you know the colts can hold uh uh matt ryan up for more than 2.8 seconds which i'm not confident that they can but they've got to improve at some point so why not be against this team i mean look the titans are a bad football team that that's just what it comes down to and the colts Colts are not a very good team they should beat the titans i think the colts um yeah no the colts and the jaguars are the two teams in the division i don't think the titans are there isn't that just weird saying yeah isn't that just weird saying that well i i knew that they would be better i mean with doug peterson yes like it's gonna be so much better than urban meyer so that last year was literally like a throwaway year like the jags didn't even exist oh yeah and 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 i've said this a couple times on the show i I count this year as trevor lawrence's rookie year yeah exactly yeah you cannot count last year 
at all. Um, yeah. So we'll pick the Colts. We'll pick the Colts. Um, Bears, Giants. Oh, good God. Um, <laughs> I would love to pick the Bears here. However, they have shown no signs of being able to trust Justin Fields to throw a football. Um, no David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert is available. But this Bears offense is just so bad. Not that the Giants offense is good. But at least the Giants have Saquon Barkley. This mm-hmm. game screams. It's going to be like 9-6. to six. Um, But the Giants... Giants will win. They'll be three and one, and everybody's gonna, you know, everybody and their mother up here in New York is gonna be like, the Giants are the greatest team ever. Oh my god! I mean, um, they've I, played three of the worst teams in football. I just think in the first four weeks, it's funny that this this entire matchup is a matchup between two two and one teams. It's like, hilarious. To me. One to of the one of these teams. Think about it. After week four, either the Bears or the Giants will be three, three and, and one. one. Yeah. I'm thinking the Bears in this one, and it's solely because of their running game. Um, they did show uh, Herbert went off last week. Um, it, I think if they have something in him and he works better in this offense, I I worry about Justin Fields a whole hell of a lot. And I, I he was my good. breakout fantasy sleeper this year I at know. the quarterback position. Sucks. He's looked awful. He's actually uh, – he set a record for the least amount of uh, th- pass attempts through three games. 45. Yeah, well, no, through three games, like in total, is through the three games. And I know forty-five pass attempts really? in three games. Yeah, that's that's absurd. But yeah, it's yeah, no, he's Josh he's Allen threw that more in one game. Yeah, I know. Um, so, uh, but I'm still taking the Bears because I think the Giants stink too. Saquon's the only thing they got going for him. Um, <laughs> if he can go off, then yeah, maybe the Giants can can do it, but. Well, that's, really ti- it's, it's that's really my that's really my tiebreaker. So I'm going say, with I'm going say, with say 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 is the tiebreaker for me. Yeah. I I just I don't know. Um the <laughs> Doug Peter yeah uh, Doug Peterson returns to Philly and he will get a standing O definitely um when he takes a field in Lincoln Financial Field this weekend at one o'clock. Um the only head coach to bring a Lombardi trophy to the city of Philadelphia. He will ever be in our debts for that. Um, However, (laughs) this Eagles team seems to really be locked in and the Jaguars, although have taken a very nice big step and have nice pieces. And they're not ready for this type of game yet. Um, So it, it will be close. I think, I think it will be close. But the Eagles are going to win. Otis agrees. Otis uh, definitely agrees. <laughs> Loud and clear. Listen, I'm going to take the Eagles in this one because they just look like the better team. Um, I don't know how many teams I would have to say that look better than the Eagles because there's not To be honest with you, I don't think exist. there is one right now. <laughs> <If> they exist. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pick the Eagles. But I think the line is too much. I think what is the line? Game. I don't know what it's the line six is. And a half, so it's a touchdown. Uh, yeah, it definitely has the feel of like a 27 to 23 type game. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how I feel because the Jaguars are a good team. I think mm-hmm. like yeah. they, they're they're if not a good, then they're, they're working their way up. Um, they're well coached and yeah, I, I think it'll be a close game and I wouldn't be surprised if, if this is one, ga- I don't know what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Otis is on something else. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games that the Eagles drop because, you know, assuming oh, they're not going to go your undefeated. Mouth. I mean, if you look at their schedule, it no, looks we're going like undefeated. Go undefeated. We're going, we're going I undefeated. I don't yeah. think they will, and I think this could be I a game that either. they that they drop either. Not yeah. at home, not at the link. Maybe not, but that. Well, I'm picking Eagles, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars pull it off. Come here, dog. You're driving me nuts here. Come on. Oh, good golly. Uh. <laughs> You have Otis all flustered, man. You really do. Um, he was barking flustered before you even, when you were talking. I know. I know. I know. Um, let's go to the Jets and the Steelers. Um, this is actually an interesting game pick-wise, because obviously Pittsburgh is uh, the better team defensively and should be the better team overall. And if Kenny Pickett was the quarterback for the Steelers, I don't think this is a you know, too hard of a game to pick. However, Zach Wilson returns for the Jets. They kind of have that, like, slight sign of life offensively with Garrett Wilson. Oh, God. I'm going to go with the Steelers, but I don't like it. (laughs) I thought you were going to go with the Jets. I was going to be so excited. (laughs) I'm going with the Steelers as well because just the defense, Zach Wilson's return – you have no idea what to expect from him. Is he going to target Garrett Wilson as much as Joe Flacco did? I hope so. Me too. Um, I have him in the Me too. I want him. I traded for him in the Dynasty League. Um, so I really want him to do well. Um, but against the Steelers defense, this just screams to me he's going to have like two picks. Um, the Steelers are going to look good on offense for the first time ever because it's against the Jets. Um Yes, I, I pick Steelers. Cardinals and the Panthers, two teams that have really, truly underwhelmed to start the year here. Um, I mean, Baker looks awful. Yeah. I, I mean, just awful. Um, surprisingly <laughs> awful. I think Arizona wins this game, even though it's a cross-country game, but it wouldn't shock me if Carolina won. It's going to be close. I think Cardinals... Uh, need to win this game. Uh, yeah, no, they definitely need to win this game. Whether they will or not is a whole other. And I think they will win this game. I'm picking the Cardinals. Um, the Panthers are not good. They're, they're one of the worst coach teams, and they have one of the worst quarterbacks in the league who just throws it inaccurately, and he just can't um, He can't be the guy. I, I don't think Baker's the answer. Um, so my tiebreaker here is Kyler Murray and and hopefully angry Cardinals squad um, winning this game. Packers and the Patriots. Uh, Patriots very well could be trotting into Lambeau with Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones out for, according to Bill Belichick, he's day-to-day. However, anybody (laughs) with any common sense that isn't Bill Belichick will say that he's out for a significant period of time with a severe ankle sprain um, against the Packers who – yeah, they don't have many offensive weapons, but you're going into Lambeau against a Packers team that is still pretty good. Um, yeah, no, there is not a chance in hell the Patriots win this one. I'd agree with that. Um, hoping for more from Dubs. Good week to pick the Packers in a survivor week. If you uh, um, Packers should win at home in Lambeau against a sorry Patriots team that if they weren't bad before with Brian Hoyer, I don't know how they score any points. 
Talk about a matchup that could have been so, so good, but just isn't. Denver and Las Vegas. Um, Broncos don't know what offense is. The Raiders don't know what winning is. Um, I'm still going to take Denver like I got to. Um, they, they, they got to, they got to figure it out, Taylor. And I picked this team to win the division. Listen, uh, they the Raiders are aren't very good. They are two well, and one. Somehow the Broncos are two and one. Um, so they're still in prime position to, to win, even take control of the division if they really wanted to and played well enough. Um, mm-hmm. The Chiefs are two and one. Thanks Colts. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think uh, I want like, the Raiders. The Raiders are still, the Raiders can get a I win. Know. The Raiders are just so disappointing, and I don't trust Josh McDaniels. And I know, like, you and I have talked about this. Like, Derek Carr, I just don't trust him. Well, I was was looking at some videos on Twitter, some uh, film from their past games, and how just, like, Derek Carr is missing Devontae Adams wide open when it's like like he's the one the play should go to. And it just like he's just not looking at him at all. I don't understand when you have the best wide receiver in football, why you you wouldn't be. I'd be staring him down. And I know, like, obviously, I'm not a quarterback, but like, if he's wide open on so many plays, there's no reason you shouldn't be getting it to him and moving the ball much better. Um, I guess I'm gonna go Broncos. I guess. I don't yeah. love it. But no, I don't love this matchup to be honest with you. No. Um, Sunday night is Kansas City and Tampa. Tampa hasn't looked that great. Um, defensively, they're good, but I think Kansas City, obviously, off a disappointing loss in their minds, uh, a game that they probably shouldn't have lost that they kind of threw away late. Um, I think they'll rebound nicely on prime time and go into Tampa and beat the Bucks. well i think it's going to come down to what weapons the buccaneers actually have and um, that's part of it too they're just still so banged up godwin's not gonna play yeah. um they'll have evans back because he Which he'll be, be nice. back from the suspension but they're still i mean this is a banged up buccaneers team i am gonna go with the buccaneers okay. in this one i i just think you know Getting Evans back is going to help a lot. Um, they may be able to move the ball a little bit. The Chiefs' defense isn't anything special, um, and the Bucks' defense is really good. Um, the Chiefs are looking obviously for a bounce back game, um, but there's there's places where this Chiefs' offense can be a little suspect. Um, I saw it firsthand. Um, whether that was an anomaly against the Colts or not, I don't know. But if there's any defense that can figure it out, it would be the Buccaneers. Um, if you put enough pressure on uh, Mahomes, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill down the field always to just chuck it to. And I think that that's kind of, he's, he's feeling that uh, just a bit. That That's when I think he feels it the most is when he, when he rushes out ev- almost every time when he rushed out uh, of the pocket in the game that I watched, he ended up running the ball or mm-hmm. th- uh, passing it incomplete. Cause he just doesn't have the guy like Tyreek Hill, who is so good at finding space um, and downhill, uh, downfield where he could get him open and then he could take it, you know, another 20 yards. I just think that there's a bit of explosiveness that's missing from the Chiefs offense. They can still move the ball, but against a good defense like the Buccaneers, I'm going to pick the Bucs in this one. I don't blame you. 
Uh, L.A. and San Francisco. Um, I mean, look, the Rams don't seem fully right, but let me tell you, after what I saw from San Francisco last week, I'm not picking them to beat the Rams. Um, obviously, these two big divisional game. This will be a close game. Wouldn't surprise me if San Francisco won, but I can't good in, in good conscience do that. Uh, I take the Rams on Monday night. Yeah, I'll take the Rams. Rams have been, um, you know, historically they they love the the prime time limelight. Um, they've had some good Monday night football games in the past couple of years, um, and I think that they they're trying to make a statement that regardless of how they started the season with that that loss to the Bills, that ugly loss to the Bills, that they are here to stay in this division. Um, and I, I just think the Niners, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought that they were going to be better. You thought they were going to be better. They mm-hmm. might not be. They might be missing a big dynamic part that might might ha- may have been Trey Lance and his legs. Um, I don't think they're as good a rushing team as they used to be in the past. I think that's hurting them a lot. They used to be able to rely on their rush a lot more than they do now. Um, and I think it's going to be a problem for them. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree there. Um, fantasy studs and duds, Taylor. Let's head to our final segment of the week. <sighs> Stardom, stud, sit em, dud. I'll go first with my uh, stud of the week, and that is going to be Damian Pierce, the Houston Texans running back. Um, you know, obviously the panic button was set because of overreaction week. He disappointed in week one. Um, but ever since then, he has been the lead runner in Houston. And he, I mean, he took over uh, fully in week three, really played 60% of the snaps, had 20 carries, 80 yards and a tutty against the bears. He had two catches for 21 yards on two targets. So he had a combined over a hundred yards from scrimmage and a score. That's what you want out of a running back that you took probably in the fifth, sixth round with high upside. Um, he's being used near the goal line, which is huge. Involved in play action, still has the upside. And, you know, if he takes away Rex Burkhead's passing role, then there's really no other competition. He's the lead runner, top 20 running back against the Chargers, in my opinion, this week, who have allowed the sixth most fa- sixth most fantasy points per game to running backs. Um, They've struggled mightily this year. They had just lost Bosa. They're banged up defensively. And this game might be close. The Texans can't trust Davis Mills to throw the football. They're going to trust Damian Pierce to run the football against the Chargers team that has clearly um, shown the ability to give up big plays on the ground. Give me Damian Pierce this week. Which is great to hear because I have uh, Damian Pierce in at least one league. I think maybe two. Um, I have him in one. Keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So my, my stud, I'm going with a wide receiver. I talked about him a little bit when we went through uh, last week's game games, um, and I'm going to hammer it here. He is only being started in 65% of leagues for some reason. Um, that's Chris Olave. And I don't care who they're playing. I think at this point, Chris Olave has become the, the number one guy right now, and especially because Michael Thomas is banged up, injured, may not be playing. Um, Kamara, you know, he's having struggles getting involved. Um, Chris Olave is out there for 75% of the snaps, or at least he was last week. He's gotten 13 targets two times in a row, and his average yards per target 
is hovering at about like 11, 11 and a half. That's absurd. If you're getting 13 targets at <clears throat> an average depth of 11 yards, he's the deep threat guy and he's getting peppered with looks. The touchdowns are going to come, but right now he's viable without touchdowns. If you're getting 13 targets and catching nine of them, he had 147 yards last week, no touchdown, but that's okay because you're getting the targets, you're getting the volume. And then if the touchdowns come, boom, icing on the cake. Chris Olave is the Saints offense right now. Start him. Yeah. He's wide receiver uh, one potential this week. I, I agree. Especially with the doubt surrounding around Michael Thomas. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> let's go to our duds. I went first on the studs. I'll let you go first on the duds. All right. So my dud this week, um, and it's a it's a it's a caution dud. I, I think that Miles Sanders this week is a dud because they're going up against um a pretty good defense, a much improved defense, and they've been pretty good against the run. Um, they've allowed zero rushing touchdowns this year. Um, and Antonio Gibson's 58 was the most that the Jags have given up to any one rusher. Um, not that I think that the, the, the Eagles are going to struggle rushing the ball, but I think it's going to have to come as a committee and with Jalen hurts. I don't think it's going to be a guy where you can put Miles Sanders in thinking that he's going to get a rushing touchdown and have enough um, rushing stats to be viable. I think if you can avoid it, sit uh, Miles Sanders this week against a stout uh, run defense. In the Chances track. are, if you have Miles Sanders, you're probably going to have to rely on him. But if you have the ability to, to sit him, I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from there. I But I, I mean, but if he's in your flex, I think you can find a different option. If he's your running back too, yeah, you might be stuck with him because that's just how it is. But I, I just think if you have any other way to start anyone, I would because I, I just don't trust him here. I don't trust him in this spot. He's already, he's already in a committee, and then you put it on top of that against this uh, uh, the the rushing defense that is um, the Jags. I just I just don't like him here. I'm going to give another running back, or really, I should say, um, both running backs, and I might have just given it away here. <laughs> you look at the Rams, okay? And obviously, we're not big on Cam Akers no. for obvious reasons, as we've, as we've expressed on this uh, show several times. But I want to more focus on Daryl Henderson because I'm sure there's people out there that are starting Daryl Henderson and have been like, this has been a great start for Daryl Henderson. Wow, I knew I picked the right Rams running back. And he played 80% of the snaps in the first half of week three <laughs> and ended up playing just half the entire game, hitting the bench for Cam Akers in the second half. He finished with just four carries and one target. And my point is it's tough to trust either of the Rams running backs as more than a desperate flex option, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, Akers is probably going to emerge as the preferred option. If you have Daryl Henderson, I would probably try to trade him while he has some value because it's only going to go downhill from here. They did put draft stock into Cam Akers. They do internally like Cam Akers, um, but this is turning into a committee. It really is, and it's looking like, especially against the Niners defense, it's very good. That's going to be a tough start either way. Um, leave them on the bench this week against the Niners. Yeah, and um, 
I think it's really funny because as we talk about our fantasy studs and duds, I'm looking at uh, just my dynasty league and who I'm facing. And he has Cam Akers and Miles Sanders starting. So um, he has both our duds. He also I mean, has Miles Sanders, Lave, so it's okay. But. The thing is, Miles Sanders has the ability to go off. Um, yeah, I just don't think he's going to against this defense. Like, I just don't think he will. Like, I know you have the best offensive line in football, but if there's any any time... I, I'm just viewing this as, like, ha- who have the Jaguars really played that has been like the Eagles offensively so far? And, and I'm, try- I'm just... I'm no just one. throwing that out the other side. No in, in in gen like in in totality, do I think they're gonna stop the Eagles run offense? Probably not, but I think it's gonna have to come more from Jalen Hurts and and a, a committee. And that's why that's I also why I that uh, Miles Sanders is not I would to stay in that game, I would also cautiously I, I, I if you have a better option than James Robinson, I wouldn't or Travis Etienne, I I wouldn't trust those two either this week with that with that impressive defensive front. Yeah, I mean, I would never start ETN. Like, no way. He doesn't provide you enough. Robinson, I'd probably still start just because you're probably relying. Robinson's been good. And outside of this week, I'm I'm all aboard the James Robinson train. All yeah, but I feel like at this point he's probably your he might be your running back one, depending on how your team looks. He might be your running back two. Well, I have McCaffrey, Swift, Pierce, Sanders, and. and Robinson. Yeah. yeah. As of right now, I have McCaffrey and Pierce, but I might need to put Miles Sanders in if McCaffrey's schmuck ass is not going to play this week because I really hope I'm so like, like he's been fine. He's played and has been fine. However, I'm, I'm getting real sick of this injury report popping up with a new injury each and every frick. Well, I mean, he said it himself in that interview last week where he was like, I could go to the bathroom and take a dump mid practice, and they'd put me on the injury report um, because, like, you know, yeah, know. he leaves practice, and they're like, <gasps> "But uh, he's been okay. He hasn't been the stud that you know, you know, we thought he may be. But he's not averaging twenty a game like he used to." I be. think the thing with fantasy Terrible. lately, Taylor, has been running back wise. There isn't like that stud anymore. There's they that guy that you. That that you you need a guy that's going to give you consistency at this point at the running back position. The studs are the wide receivers, and that's what we were talking about, like before the draft process. And obviously, you can't draft that way because if because you go the, the no so if bad. you go the no running back route, you're really in trouble. And running back yeah. is not really that deep this year. It's not. I um, went through a running back in one of my leagues, and who am I starting? Pierce, which is okay. I, yeah, I, that, that's I turning like out that. okay. And and like Kareem Hunt. Which is like, eh, he's okay. He's a he's a kind of a high ish floor. But there's going to be weeks where he is not going to do shit. Exactly. Um, and then that's and that's what you're risking. And I, I think we're seeing like, yeah, we're gonna sit here and say, Wow, McCaffrey's not putting up any like twenty-eight point performances, but he's been giving you 16, 19 point performances, and that's fine. That that's fine. Like even Jonathan Taylor, he hasn't had the forty-point breakout game yet. No. Derrick Henry hasn't had the forty-point game yet. Saquon had that one game, but he's still been in like the high teen range. Like, like Jonathan Taylor, he rushed for over like one fifty the first week, but I don't think right. he, he didn't that. score. So yeah, you know, consistency yeah. is what you're looking for. Um, which is Saquon has been, been a dream. 
Saquon's been great. And I told told people, I think a lot of people are going to make a mistake by passing on him. I unfortunately, with my drafts, didn't have the ability to take Saquon. It just didn't make sense. I got Um, him in Dynasty. But I – I was hoping, yeah, I, I was hoping I could get Saquon somewhere, but uh, for obvious reasons, but um, yeah. it just didn't go that way. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, the way this season is going, we've been kind of right in our expectations fantasy-wise. Part of it on uh, my zero running back um, uh, team is that I have Lamar Jackson, who's also acting as a de facto running back as well because he's getting the same amount of yardage and – more than any other running back pretty much um so i mean that's which is insane like he's getting quarterback numbers but then oh yeah he also adds on top of it uh back-to-back games with over 100 yards rushing um and a touch and a touchdown in each one and it's like he he he's putting up 40 and it's like 20 of it is like what he would get as a quarterback and another 20 on top of it as what <laughs> it's as a running back it's insane so uh we have made it through without you being called to duty, Taylor. We yes, have made true. it through our full episode. If I get called as soon as we log off, I'm going to be uh, relieved that we made it through, but mad that you just jinxed it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, but, you know, I am going to go, and hopefully you can as well, go enjoy this very exciting oh, yeah, Thursday night football game. Money thrown down, a no-sweat parlay from FanDuel. That's, that's pretty nice. Yep, that I, I am going. We're by DraftKings. No, do, use DraftKings. Uh, <laughs> what, what was the other app that you talked about? I never heard of it. Um, yeah, but I'm going to do the thing. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm use code 518 <laughs> at DraftKings. Uh, yeah. Uh, on that note i hope everybody enjoys another great weekend of football lined up and uh you know enjoy the games and stay safe out there and uh month of october is right around the corner it's a scary thought taylor we're already a basic what (laughs) It's a spooky thought, October. Spooky Ooh. season. Ooh. Hashtag spooky season. Um, I can't. I can't anymore. Um, I don't. I mean, my birthday's in October. It's actually next Friday. Exactly, Otis. Um, but I hate this time of year because golf season's ending. It's getting cold, and I hate the cold. I hate the cold. I hate the cold um but football yeah but football and the eagles are doing great penn state's doing great i'm a happy guy um all right colts are sitting at a healthy one one and one 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 that's gonna get that's gonna get real annoying this year one 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 that 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 just that that and one like and one (laughs) just it's like your your basketball play the rest of the (laughs) the rest of the season and and one (laughs) that's coming around the corner too basketball season oh yeah um so uh you know sixers are gonna win the chat this is gonna be a great year in philly taylor oh man sixers are gonna win a championship i did Uh i did parlay the eagles and the sixers (laughs) winning a championship so we'll see what was it like plus it was something um, ridiculous. It was something ridiculous. But I do have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl too, which I'm feeling great about. Um, Fifty to win like seventeen hundred or something like that. 
It's all right. It'll be a nice payday if they win on top of your excitement. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, we're gonna get on out of here. Enjoy your weekend, and we will catch you next week. This was sports with a Z and a T. I am Bryce Zelinski alongside Taylor Lattimore. We will catch you next week right here on Sports with a Z and a T. See you.